Welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast. This is episode number 47, and it's called Analysis of Playing to Win. This is Jeremiah Schmidt here, and uh, I've just finished editing this thing. Uh, it was big. It was with Kyle, Kyle Fall, uh, which I did the last two episodes with, but we decided to condense this thing into just the rest of this long conversation, and uh, really in this one, we went deep on a lot of different topics. The main ideas here are playing to win and decision making and whether to choose to collaborate or compete. And But I actually have all the topics that are going to be in this episode, so I'm just going to read them out to you because uh, we talked for a long time, maybe like two hours or so, and uh, really just dove into a lot of different things. So I guess so. So we talk about decision making. We talk about playing to win. We talk about um if you're in a lack of opportunity, like finding drive, uh, we looked at like some mental um, forms of the world, like or negative or mental frames of the world in terms of like positive or negative perception, whether you see the glass half full or the glass half empty. Um, we talked about happiness versus, versus survival, destiny versus control in life, selfishness versus selflessness, self-esteem. We talked about positive psychology, sacrifices, uh, society, um, rational decisions, spiral dynamics, evolution, connecting with people, a globalized world, randomness, and in the end, random versus destiny in terms of decision making. And we finished with the idea of free will. So yeah, this, this, this talk is going to be all over the place. So I'm going to warn you, but you know, we really, I had a, a great time talking about this stuff and um it was interesting to just bounce ideas back and forth and i think that's the beauty of why i want to share it with you on the podcast and um you know i guess one thing that i want to kind of preface before i jump into before we jump into this is that you know the beliefs and the thoughts the ideas we have guys you know i i don't you should never accept anything face value you know like if you're listening to this i hope you guys can you know, hear these things, but also at the same time, think them through through your own eyes and, you know, look at things through your own perspective and um, assess things, right? I, I've been meaning to switch the way I do the podcast and go for more of a conversational tone um, just because I think it's important that you yourself as a listener can assess what you hear um, for yourself. And that way you can take the nuggets that you like and apply them to your life if, they, if they're helpful to you. And the stuff that is totally you disagree with and you don't like at all, you just totally throw it down the trash, right? And I think that's the beauty of it. Like we're all trying to figure this out. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I hope, um, you know, the fundamental message of it is actually coming down to playing to win decision-making and intentions. And I think that's really important. It, it's really important to just assess why you're doing what you're doing and um, what type of outcomes you want. So with that, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and let's hop into, I think it's an hour or more along of a podcast with Kyle Fall. You can be competitive, but from a collaborative frame, that's when life becomes so. Because being competitive, competition is awesome. You want people to compete. 
it's funny when you compete guys you compete all the time yeah like you don't want to always be like oh you're such a great person we're equal I guess you're like no (laughs) if we play league dude I want to fucking carry dude oh yeah yeah but if you do all that competition people switch it around dude they have competition as the biggest frame it's like when it comes down to it, I have to beat the other person in life. It's like wolf, dog eats dog world. Yeah. Or you can have you can have all that competition, but at the end of the day, like we're all the same. We all got to help each other. You benefit, and then you can have the benefits of both. And that's, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I totally like. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Like if you're, like one of the things I was thinking about is I think to like really get ahead in life, mm-hmm. you have to like make you have to be good at making decisions and just mm-hmm. knowing when to like this is a time to compete. Mm-hmm. This is a time to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Like if I, like if you knew like hundred percent of the time, every single situation you go into, like every single situation, like, let's say you like go out, meet someone new. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, do I compete with this person or do I collaborate? Like, let's say you have like a business decision or like an idea for like something. Like if you knew mm-hmm. that, how to make the best optimal decision every single time, mm-hmm. like just imagine where your life would be. And I think that's the hard part about life is like you don't know when you should compete, when you should collaborate. To you, what's an example of competition in this case? Like when when would you say recently you've had to compete with someone? So like, for example, let's say I'm looking for a new job. Mm. Like that's what I was doing. Like I was competing, like I I was in a a state of uh, competition. So I was thinking about like, how do I beat out these other applicants? You know, even when I met with like these hiring managers, I was like, I was like competing. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Like I had this interview. Mm-hmm. I had this interview at this uh, software company and then I was like super sold on, like I was super focused on this one position. It was like the scrum master position. Mm-hmm. You needed five years of experience and I like, came, I don't have that experience at all. Like, but I just came in there like gung ho. Like I literally <laughs> like, I was like arguing with the recruiter. I was, really? yeah. And like, she was like, well, like uh, we brought you in for a reason. There's another position here that we would love you to, to be a part of. But, uh, you know, for this scrum master role, like a lot of these guys are a lot older than you, and like mm. you just don't have the experience. Like, do you understand that, Jeremy? And I was like, no. Like, I, I was like, I need to get I this like role. It. Yeah, and I was like, comp- I was competitive. I was like competing with her. I was like, yeah. she was like this glass ceiling, and yeah. I was like trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I literally just left this place. And like, long story short, I, I, I just just said like, no, like I, I'm not gonna accept this offer. Like, mm. like screw it. Like, if I don't get that position as scrum master like what is scrum master but if i don't get this position as scrum master <laughs> like i'm not working here because like it is below me like that that was my mentality so i was like highly competitive and just like super arrogant mm-hmm. and then like looking back i was thinking about it like my, i talked to my parents about it like and i realized like I, that was a total wrong like i should have been more like uh co- collaborative mm-hmm. like i should have went in there and been like more like willing to look at things from her perspective, look at things through my perspective, mm-hmm. be like, oh, is this a win-win for both of us? But because I was so focused on competing, I just like totally destroyed the relationship. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, it's stupid. See, that's such an interesting like, story because there's different levels to it, right? Because that attitude, I think, is actually good. Mm-hmm. But in which context, right? Because if you had taken the job and then actually maybe see the other guy that was being hired, like, what was he doing in what way he was better than you and learn from it, you could have, quote-unquote, like, actually maybe work with that guy too and then train yourself for the job and gotten the job, like, you know, six months later or something with a lot more experience. So at that point, I don't even know if it's competing or collaborating anymore. They kind of, like, blend. Maybe it's... Um, maybe selfishness actually is, is different short-term or whatever you want to call it, competing, all that, short-term or long-term. Because there's different... 
the same move looks different if you want it short-term or long-term. If you want that job short-term, then you mm -hmm. really only have this interview to get it, right? But if you're more like long-term calculated, then you could run with that plan. Or another thing, like shoot for six months, like a year or something. Um, yeah, so well, that's I, interesting to think about, yeah. I think it, it's like a natural thing. Like, for example, like for me, it's like a natural thing if someone challenges me. Mm -hmm. I like want to, my first instance is like, I want to compete with this mm -hmm. person. Like if someone says like, no, like you can't do this. I like want to compete with them. But realistically, that's not necessarily the right thing to do all the time. Like sometimes you have to like, if get out, like I, I need to get out of my own head mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I want to collaborate with this, with this instead of competing. And then I think that's the hard part about like collaborating versus, or is, is it collaborating or Maybe it's, yeah, being in a more collaborative frame, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cooperative. Oh, like cooperative, yeah. yeah. Cooperating versus yeah. competing. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's not always collaborating. It's just being cooperative, I think. It's a better way to look at it. It's almost more. Mm -hmm. Because it just means working to both of your benefits, but that can look in different ways, right? Because you can always win, but to always win, you have to be okay with losing. I always said that's how you always win at life. You just got to be okay and, and make sure that losing works to your advantage. So even if you, regardless, if you win or lose, you still win. So as long as you keep that in mind, I think you can crush life and do different things. Yeah, no, like the, I, no, that's like that Grant Cardone quote uh, in Biosester Be Average. He says, oh, that's water. He says, uh, sure. as long as you don't quit, you win. Mm -hmm. So essentially, like, even if you keep going, like, let's say you pass away or whatever, like, something crazy happens to you, like, as long as you don't quit, you literally will win. And, like, he... Dude, it's so fucking true, man. And you can literally prove it. You can explain it. You will always win, dude. You will always win. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't be that bitch or whatever you want to call it that just gives up on themselves, dude, yeah. So, so like, would you say, like, even coming back to you climbing the league ladder... Because, like, you have to challenge her, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, how did you do it? Like, because I tried to get to climb league too, but, like, I just, like, how, how do you deal with, how did you deal with losses to climb that high? It's funny because um, it's the same precipice as with anything else. What really helped me was get my top information, my information from the top. So I would watch really good streamers and challengers already that mm -hmm. play mid lane and see how they played the game. And then just be really selfish in that I wanted to win no matter what. So I, even when I lost, like I had to get a win out of that. So each time I lose, I have to win something. So I have to learn, I have to watch my replay, do something better yeah, that's... And, ne and never put the response beyond someone else. Cause when you're like, oh, like it's my team faults that I lost. I'm like, mm -hmm. I always used to ask myself, if Faker was in this game, could he have won? And if it was yes, then what the fuck did I not do right then? Yeah. Cause if I played this game perfect, got every CS, got every kill, ended every skill shot, would I win this game? 95% of the time, yeah, you probably would have won. It's not your teammates, man. It's always doing that for yourself. So if you don't take the easy way out of blaming your teammates, those are very good. There's very good reasons why those things are all true, man. Mm. But you're still being a bitch, basically. Dude. There's very good reasons why your teammate, your teammate wins 0 and 15. He lost you the game. He lost you the game. Mm. It's true. But it's also not true. It's a paradox, dude, like with everything. Yeah, well, that's like Miyamoto Musashi. He's, he was like this uh, Japanese swordsman. Mm. He was a, ro a ronin and a samurai back in like the 1600s. But, uh, cool shit. Yeah, it was cool. But like in the the book of Five Rings, he has this quote that says like your intention is to like not, um, like when you're sword fighting with an enemy or whatever. He says like your intention is not to like attack his sword. Mm. Is like your intention is to cut the enemy down. So mm. it's like every single attack is like your intention is to win. And like I think that's a, like when I read that, like that's like a total mentality 
shift because like before like you, you're just like playing the game to just play it mm-hmm. but like that's like playing the game to win so <laughs> or like let's say you are doing like sales like you're not calling to just have a conversation like you're calling to make sure you close right and i think that's something that's like create like you don't really think about that but i think a lot of every like success or you know whatever you want in life just comes down to like intention like what i found recently that was really cool is the simple truth in life sometimes are the deepest because mm-hmm. the expression you know play to win not to not lose yeah dude that's so deep and there's so many ways to interpret that that are just like fucking massive there's a huge difference between playing to not lose versus playing to win dude um like it's crazy man you can take small impressions like that and just they have so much wisdom in them that you can only know if you try stuff out because if you do sales yeah if you're just trying if you're calling to make a sale versus calling to not get rejected mm-hmm. very different dude yeah dude, it's it's seriously like a whole like i think the avoiding rejection is like one of the things that you'll lose because like it's just part of the game mm-hmm. but if you like call with the intention of like getting the deal like you'll win dude, you can call and be very meek but very mm-hmm. pleasant so at the end of the day like oh thank you so much we're just not a, a pre- uh, you know interested but we'll call you next week and you're like okay I didn't get rejected this time <laughs> they're still very nice dude that's cool instead of being like hey like here's my product my deal like however sales works like yeah. to actually close it's super different and that works in all facets of life dude, League of Legends sale girls fucking anything I would assume yeah, dude, I totally agree. Damn, dude, winning versus losing. <laughs> well, like, it's cool. Like that's the thing. Like you have to competing. Like a lot of life, I think, is just like this metaphor that's on what's the a, a teeter totter. It's like two sides mm-hmm. of like the same thing. Like you have to win, you have to lose, you have to like compete, and then you have to like be cooperative. Mm-hmm. You have to like paradox. Yeah, they're, they're paradoxes. Yeah. It's crazy. It's super interesting when you learn that, man. And wow. it's like if you know when to use the right side of the paradox, like the right moment, like the right timing, if you could like balance that out. But that's the thing, it's hard because you can get you can get skewed on one side of the paradox mm. and then you can't get out. And it always depends on your perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's to say if you're really losing or winning? Do you know? Like maybe if you're self aware, like who mm. knows? Like I think that's what's super interesting about life, man. According to some people, I could be losing right now. To me, like, I'm fucking excited. I'm, I've never won this hard before, but am I right? Are they right? Who's right? Who, who has the picture of reality? Like, same with your life. Everybody's life, right? Some people think they're winning, but I would say they're losing hard, man. Well, a little, a part of it is, is just, like, who you surround yourself with, right? Like, I think that's what I... Like, let's say you... Let's say all the people you know, like... Or, for example, poverty, right? Like, I think if you're homeless in North America, like, let's say in Calgary, where we live, it's pretty brutal because you can go outside and you can see these tall buildings. You can see, like, a lot of wealth. You can see, like, nice cars, like, people dressed up nice. But then again, you will never die because in North America, even our homeless people, they can go to, like, if, you know, soup kitchens or whatever and always be fed. Mm. Whereas if you're homeless in, like, South America, maybe you, like, die in the fucking street because there's no food to go around. So is it better or worse? Are they winning by being here or losing? Well, like, let's say you live in a place where everyone, like, everyone's at the poverty line. Mm -hmm. Then you don't, then you probably feel better because, like, your friends and your family, like, the people you know around you, they're all in it with you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's not this big gap. That's true. There's a bigger sense of belonging, I guess. Mm -hmm. I see what you're you're saying. You mean if you're 
homeless in North America, everybody looks richer than you, basically, so you feel alone and, like, rejected and, like, a second, a fourth-class citizen or something, yeah. Yeah, dude, like, I, point. yeah, this morning I was walking down 17th, and I saw, like, this, this guy, he, like, had, he was, like, you know when, like, someone's homeless and they don't, like, they can't, like, lift their eyes up to, like, track? Mm. And you, like, he was just high his head, his head down, like, it was just, it just sucked, man, like, seeing, seeing something like that. And, like, it's weird, though, because, like, people walk past, and it's, just, like, a weird... I don't know. That's always been something that always weirded me out, like, seeing homeless people. It always weirded me, me out. Me, too. Me, too. Like, it's just a weird thing that, like, no one talks about it, and you just, like, walk past, and then... It's the elephant in the room. Like, yeah, it's, we- it's a weird thing to me. I think it's crazy because... We were talking earlier about becoming an adult, right, and being independent. Mm-hmm. I saw myself how close I was to being homeless a few times, man. Oh, I have been close to you, dude. dude. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I wouldn't have needed to make like terrible life decisions, like just like one, two more steps in that direction, like boom, like. And I'm like, dude, I'm a. I think of myself, you know, bright and like not a random like, you know, like, person that would be homeless, but it could have happened, man. And so many people have this had the same situation, so I think it makes it even weirder because a lot of us could be homeless. They say like. Mm-hmm. Even in America, like, 60% of people live paycheck to paycheck. So if you don't have family and support system, you're one paycheck away from being homeless. Like, that's crazy, man. Wait, so, like, would you say part of your desire, because I know this because you told this to me, but part of your desire, like, you want to get rich and wealthy, is it because, like, of experiencing, like, what it was like, or being close experiencing what it was like to be homeless? Definitely, man. That's yeah, like, yeah. Just having that lack of opportunity where, like... I can't eat anywhere. Like, I have to just eat at home and, like, eat something. Like, maybe just want to travel and eat at, like, the greatest restaurants. Like, mm-hmm. both to have that. And not even to necessarily to experience it, but just to have the option, you know? Like, I'm not saying that I would spend all my money because I, I didn't have any. Like, I like to spend in general, but mm-hmm. just having the freedom, right, of being like, I can do this if I want to. If I want to, I can spend this next six months traveling. I would love to have that as an option, man. The YouTube channel, there's, it's a couple that just lives on a sales boat mm-hmm. and then just sails everywhere from like Greece to like South America to like Rome and like just lives on a boat. And I'm like, dude, that'd be the fuck, maybe that'd be the coolest life ever. <laughs> yeah. I want to try that. Maybe that's boring as fuck living on a yeah. boat. Maybe that's the coolest shit ever. Maybe I got a harem and you get three girls who just live on a boat, bro. That's like 10 <laughs> yeah. years of my life. You'd have the best time ever, dude. Yeah, well, like, I just want the option. That's like the thing. Um, I think it's easier to be motivated, to especially like financially motivated. I think it's a lot easier to be like to be running away from something let's say then like running towards something you know what i mean mm. so let's say you have this desire like oh like i'm gonna be a millionaire because i'm gonna get a lamborghini or something like right i think it's a lot harder to do that than to be like feared fearful and be like oh like if i don't make this money something bad is gonna happen to me so mm-hmm. like you have to do it mm-hmm. yeah i think one is just more abundant seeking yeah but it's funny jordan peterson talks about this where he's like one of the good reasons to to have a good life and to live in heaven as he calls it is to imagine your life and all the shit that could go bad in it all the if you took all the wrong decisions where would life lead you and be like use that as motivation to not do it and it's like i could see that man there's some decisions i could make that would be so dumb that would ruin my life so much that like i can't afford to like go down that path even if sometimes it's fun like Mm -hmm. sometimes with drugs like or like something or just not working or just taking the easy route you're like if you just think about it, you're like, if, if that happens three steps, like, you could be homeless, you could just but ruin you, your dreams for a while, yeah. Yeah, but even, like, I don't know if there's a ceiling on, like, because I was, I was, I had this, like, argument with a friend the other day, and we were talking about, he was saying there's, like, a ceiling of how bad it can get, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, this floor, but I don't think there's a floor. I think man. it's infinite, it's up infinite. and down, dude. Yeah, 
Like, oh, it can always be worse. Dude. You could <laughs> yeah. be homeless. You could be homeless addicted to meth. You could be homeless addicted to meth and your fucking child just died. Yeah. You could be homeless addicted to meth. Your child just died and your foot is cut off. Like, bro, it could be. You could have that and have schizophrenia, so you're not even safe. In it. Infinitely. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You bad, yeah. physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, I think is a deep one that we don't understand, but you could be like spiritually cursed or some shit. I don't know how that works, <laughs> no, but like, dude, I believe in that shit, dude. Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe in that, like, curses. I know, like, a lot of people do, like, curses and stuff, but I don't know. Dude, like, I, I, think, I think, yeah, I think that's proven, dude. The placebo effect exists, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you believe that you're cursed, what does that actually mean? Maybe that means that you believe in a Dude, actually, we could go deep with this because mm-hmm. I would say that if you believe in competition above all, you're kind of cursed, man, because you believe that everything in the world is against you. You have to fight against everything. Mm-hmm. So the world is bad, basically. If you, if you, you know, if you don't have your own back, like somebody's bad's going to happen to you. You're always watching over your shoulder. You can never relax. You can never really trust anyone. Mm-hmm. That's like almost being cursed. Dude. It's like negativity. Just, and then well, from there, you can't even see good things. It's always has an ulterior motive or some bullshit is waiting to happen. Yeah, well, that's like your frame of the world. Like in some place, like I, yeah, that's, I totally agree with that. Like your frame of the world could be one of the worst, like metaphoric demons in your mind. Like if you see the world as like you always, well, in some cases though, maybe that's actually like a, like a thing that is an advantage to you. Like if you, ha- if you're in a place where you have to compete, like let's say it's like you're, you're in a war zone, like you have to compete. Like, you have to compete but in the world. But it still depends your overall view of the world, right? You can mm-hmm. be in a war zone and still, like, not lose your faith in humanity. You could be like, okay, life is just shit. I'm going to kill this guy because I don't care. And be, like, in a really dark place. So you could be mm-hmm. like, hey, like, I'm protecting my country. Like, I don't hate these people that I'm killing. Unfortunately, I have to kill them because I have to protect my thing. But there's still different ways of competing that are... Your mindsets are different. And like you are saying, yeah, if you have negative thoughts to a point, it's almost like... You, you've had like a demon curse on you yeah because everything in your life is going to suck because whether it's good or not good you're going to think it sucks and if you think it sucks well it probably sucks mm-hmm. which is crazy your, your perception affects your life so much that it's like we could have the exact same life and one of us could think it's absolute horseshit and be super depressing the other one thinks it's awesome and there's objectively nothing different about two lives like that's so crazy yeah it's no that is that's see I've always thought about that like I think everyone in life like me like i have to i'm in charge of like my perception i'm in charge of like what i believe like i'm in charge of that garden you have to like keep it like fresh and make sure it's not contaminated because that literally affects everything you do again it's easy to get it like get a lot of weeds in like your perception and then all of a sudden you start seeing the glass like mm-hmm. half empty instead of half full and once again it relates to education because i think we're not taught that and we're not taught the importance of that Mm-hmm. I think people think your mindset and your attitude towards life is just, it's kind of like a nice thing to have, you know? Like, it's kind of good to have a good mindset. I think it's, like, desperately fucking important because once you can't have the same thing, like, both people be broke, both people have nothing, one person, like, literally suicidal, like, dude, I expect a lot from life, I should be smarter than this, shames themselves, does all this, and the other person's like, dude, that's why I keep it so simple, man. When I told you that my boob mentality, it's like, dude, if there's a boob, like, anywhere in my future, like, dude, life is fucking amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. I could be broke, have nothing, no career prospects. I'm like, just taking whatever to the base level means something to you and you can appreciate, like, yeah, I appreciate just spending good time with my friends. Like, that's just mm-hmm. fucking priceless. A lot of people spend good times with their friends too, but they're like, yeah, but my work sucks. Like, it's fucking long hours. Like, I, this happens. Like, it sucks. Like, 
same thing, dude. Like, I've had the same thing too, man. You just literally, like, you can train yourself to forget about these things and, like, just go with the good and still, like, deal with the problems accordingly and, like, your life can be drastically better. Like, it's like, that's why I think there's a big theory that heaven and hell is almost, like, psychological. It's just different paradigms that you have that you could either choose to be in hell and choose to be in heaven. And that's literally true, man. You can have the exact same life in one person can be miserable as shit because they literally chose to they mm-hmm. literally chose to it's not like an instant like like this but it's like trained right you learn to recognize different things but yeah yeah well that, that's that's deep man like i think your psychology like what runs in your mind like super super important <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm. like seriously it's super important it's everything man because what else is actually going to matter having yeah. a wife having money you could have a hundred thousand and be fucking miserable as shit. You could have a hundred thousand just being on top of the world. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, dude, that's that is crazy, Kyle. <laughs> so I think that shit should be fucking. That's mandatory, dude. Because you could be happy without knowing how to draw triangles, but can you be happy without knowing how to be happy? Oof, I don't know, man. Well, like that's like the illusion of happiness. Like, is like, are we? I don't even know if like. Are we meant to be happy? Like, or, I think so. I, or are we meant to survive? Like, I, I think like survival is, we're like we're more meant we're more built to survive than to be happy. Biologically or like existentially, because biologically we're just meant to reproduce and, f- and live. Actually, mm-hmm. there's only two things. The only reason that, you're it's useful for you to not die is so you can, impregnate more girls, and we both obviously there's more to life than that. Like. That would not make you happy. So what is the meaning? What are you meant to do? Are you meant to be a fucking impregnation machine? Like, I don't know. Is that what <laughs> like, your life amounts to? <laughs> well, like... I don't think so, right? I, yeah. Well, like, I think you can die in other... Like, you can uh, die in other ways. Like, let's say you have, like, this idea of... like, Let's say you want to start this business or, like, start this, like, idea or create, like, share mm-hmm. your message with the world and then you can choose to close out and, like really die like you're essentially dying but it's mm-hmm. not like literally dying like you're figuratively, figuratively dying so it's like your visions and your dreams die mm-hmm. maybe a part of you dies with that yeah I think for sure man that's what a part of growing up is it's like giving up on some ideas and dreams that you had about yourself and the, f- and, and the world you just let them go when they're not useful to you mm-hmm. so in a way it's almost becoming a different person yeah that's why people come up with like parallel dimensions theories and stuff and there's like millions of different dimensions because every time you make a choice you like become another person basically so maybe one part of you made other choices and there's different infinite different choices that make up the infinite different use because mm-hmm. your life is literally the choices that you make yeah well, actually, so like do you think how much of your life do you think you are in control of and how much do you Dude, think that's, is that's, destiny? That's the one I have no idea. I've been thinking about that for months, if not years, and I, I can't, I can't decide it. I don't know. Well, it's. I think it's kind of like the same thing you said with, uh, like, if you see your life as all competition or all collaboration, like, let's say, in the case where it's all competition, you're saying like it's like bad because you have to like fight with everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But think about this, dude. If you believe that all of your life is like destined and like you're either destined for like a a good thing or a bad thing then like you have no control at all Mm -hmm. but if you believe that like you are in full control then it's like an empowerment to you like you know that everything you do is gonna 
It's um, I think it's intertwined, but they both have different implications. Yeah. Um. Because if if everything is is meant to be good, you know, and you're meant to be everything happens for a reason, everything's there for you to be better, then it's almost like that's the destiny theory. Mm-hmm. Like everything, you're destined for something good, you know, like this. Then that means do you have control? Then to what extent? Like, can I fuck? If if I if I'm destined for good, can I fuck up? Like. Mm. or is every fuck up meant for something good so the extent to which each one is true like I'm not sure man okay well here I have another question for you um it's probably like an hour or something oh yeah minutes. yeah we're going ha- we're going deep I like it but like okay this is this is gonna sound messed up but like I'm not yeah this is this is gonna sound a little bit messed up but mm-hmm. well okay so what it is let's say it okay how do I even know how to word this um Okay, you know how like there's these paradoxes, right? And like one side's like viewing the world by destiny, one side is like viewing the world by like you're in control, one side is like mm-hmm. compet- competition, one side's by like all these different paradoxes. So do you think part of life is like reassort like reassorting these paradoxes to where you become like the most what's the word? Um, like powerful because of your mindset, because like you choose to choose like See, see, this might be wrong. Like, you choose the things that are most self-serving to you, like the mm. the frames, mm. and then you incorporate them into your mindset. Like, no, I think that's a great way to go about it. Because <laughs> I think that's the only way to go about it, actually. No, but, like, I, I think there's something wrong about that in the sense that, like, you're, you're almost, you're optimizing yourself for, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. How like, do you put it, yeah. Like, you're optimized. Like, maybe it is good to... Th- like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. Because it comes back to the selfishness versus selflessness argument. Like I was saying, I think when you reach a certain point, like, whatever is good for you is good for others. So if you optimize, you know, your psyche and your thoughts and your beliefs to, like, benefit you, it would also benefit others. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is, you know. If you have the frame that collaboration and win-win, and you optimize for that frame, if you believe in that frame, then you believe in your own good, technically above all, which is the good of other people above all. Mm-hmm. So... For example, you're, you're, we were talking the other day about if, if, if you try to be very like needy and people-pleasing and always doing things for other people, do you actually serve them? You're not actually being very useful to someone. If instead of you know getting your shit together and having a good job, whatever, you're just a really people-pleasy guy, what actual like objective, like sit down and write down usefulness can you be for another person? Mm-hmm. Not much, but if you're a bit more quote-unquote selfish and you invest in yourself and you become a good person of power, influence, connections, whatever, wow, you can actually literally help someone now. Now, if you actually contribute to someone else's life, you can have major fucking impact. Mm-hmm. So which one is selfish, which one is not selfish? Hard to say, man. Yeah, no, like, I totally see where you're coming from. Like, I know, like, if you, like, it's kind of that concept, like, the stronger you get, mm-hmm. for example, then, like, your family gets stronger, your close friends get stronger, mm-hmm. like, everyone else around you does well. But, like, if you're, let's say like very very selfless like always self-sacrificing like self-debilitating and you know always putting yourself down but helping everyone else around you mm-hmm. then like you you might hit a point where you have nothing else to give you know like you're so like beaten down that and what you gave was it really even valuable because what can you do if you have nothing to give like what can mm-hmm. you actually tangibly offer like a clap you like encouraging someone like actually you can't even encourage someone because if you actually feeling down depleted and shaming yourself you don't even have good energy anymore mm-hmm. you can't even be truly happy for someone else you can actually can't even do that yeah dude, and like that's why like lately like a lot of books that i've been reading are just in general just about like boosting 
like it sounds weird but it's actually so important like I realize like boosting your self esteem mm-hmm. like I think it's like it's good to like get strong like on solid ground like early like you when mentioned you mentioned that like, a few times today but it's so important I agree yeah, with yeah like just being on like solid ground like strong like then like let's say you want to help someone it's like even that much more meaningful to them because like whoa like this is cool right mm-hmm. but like let's say you're not on solid ground and you're like shaky then like someone won't they won't see it even though it's, it could be better help how can you pull someone up literally physically if you can't even stand up straight by yourself like you'll both fall over yeah that's yeah i, yeah, I guess so like but that's the thing that it's, it's weird like life is just it's weird like that i love finding out things like that about life life has actual rules like people think oh life is just the universe and you do whatever you want like this like there's actually things built in place systems mm-hmm. built in the universe that are there for a reason and that work in certain ways and then if you work against them you will get negative results and if you work the other way you'll get positive results like that's crazy it's so fun to find out man. So, so what would you say are some like universal principles that you've like stumbled upon or like insights you've, you've got um, okay I will generalize basically all that we talk about versus expansiveness and contraction um, so I think as a rule of life, the universe, everything in life is trying to expand. Mm-hmm. It's trying to grow. That's just literally a build of life. Organisms want to reproduce and expand. They literally want to get your lineage. You know, it, we must have started with a few organisms. And now we're fucking trillions and trillions of organisms on Earth. Mm-hmm. So that means that that works for like cooperation too, because cooperation is an expanding tactic. You reward yourself and others in an expansive way. So by nature, you actually get more. That's like built into it. You're talking about companies that work together. Mm-hmm. By built in the universe, they're expanding, they get more. If they if they hold on to their ideas, if they're more like contraction, like, oh I gotta keep this secret, like I got I can't help this guy, I gotta keep some for myself. If you're in contraction mode, then everything in your life contracts when you feel less love in your life. Every literally every single thing, your bank account would contract, your love would contract, your your connections will contract, how many you'll probably lose friends because you're trying, oh, I, I just gotta watch out for myself, you know, I gotta do this, otherwise nobody will. And it's funny, but it's literally a life in the universe. What contracts and what expands and what contributes is literally like an upward funnel. Like it gets mm. bigger and the rest literally gets downwards. Negative energy, anxiety, all that contracting energy. Yeah, all well, that like contracts you, like makes you smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... And what makes you smaller makes you weaker. What makes you stronger makes you more powerful and you can help more people. And it's like, it's not like a theory. It's not like a positive psychology theory. Like, oh, be a nice guy and good things will happen. It's like... Mm. I think it's literally built into the fucking universe, man. And by nature, like, evolution is, like, the proof of this. Like, things want to get bigger. It's like inertia, man. Like, an object in motion wants to keep going. Things that are expanding want to keep expanding. That goes for literally every single thing in the universe. Either ideas, concept, physical things, evolution, like, anything. Yeah, almost like, no, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, expansive versus contraction. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> mm. Damn, dude, that's crazy. Damn, dude, that's actually crazy. I never, I never thought of that. That's actually like, insane. Yeah. Do you have a rule of the universe that you've observed? Uh, like universal rules. Okay, what have I? Uh, I think like one of the, one of the most like for I guess one thing I notice is like you have to give before you can receive, mm. and that's like a universal principle. I would say that I've. Like, you can't just ask someone for something. And, well, sometimes you can, but, like, usually, if you if you haven't given, then you won't 
you know, you want to receive. And then maybe you How don't do have to explain that. Yeah. Well, like maybe you don't have to give to the or give to the same person. But if you like, let's say, do a favor for someone else, or like you built this thing, or you put this thing out, or you like created something, and then people know you, and then like they want to. Like I just I don't think you get any I don't think you can get anything for free. Like that's another thing I realized too. Like in, I think in life like you always have to sacrifice, right? So let's say you are working at a place, and you want to go out and make earn more money. Like you have to sacrifice the place that you work at for the new place. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have like um. What's it called? Let's say you want to go out and like start a relationship or like go out and like start a business then like you have to sacrifice what you were doing before so like whether that be like sitting at home and like playing video games you have to like sacrifice that like you have to actually like kill that part of who you were and like see that's such an interesting point because it's ah uh, dude leo talks about this it relates to infinity dude mm. because that's how infinity works infinity is not literally unlimited everything and unlimited consequences no matter what it has rules and that's the sacrifice is kind of the rule. You can get anything you want, but you got to sacrifice all the things that you're not getting for that, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you're dating a girl, for example, that's awesome, then theoretically you could have any girl, but to have that one girl, you got to sacrifice all these other girls that you're not dating. Yeah. And that's like the sacrificial rules. Like, well, you, that kind of makes it better too, because like it's like when mm-hmm, you, when you really put good. constraints on something, like it's like the idea, like let's say you're playing chess, right? I think Jordan Peterson was talking about this, but let's say you're playing chess Let's say if all the positions were the queen and like they can, it wouldn't be that fun. Like you can like mm-hmm. move around and like it would be kind of boring. But as soon as you put like these constraints on the board and you have the horse that moves in and out and like another guy, the rook or whatever that moves in a certain position and mm-hmm. like there's all these like thousands and like millions of moves that can come and combinations that come up once you put Life the restraints on it. Great because of restrictions. Mm-hmm. That's of what makes it good yeah and like even sports like soccer there's like rules like you can't do everything you can't pick up the ball like it's fun because like you only kick the ball right people don't think about they think about uh he has a good point on discrimination too like you want to discriminate against people that's why you have a door on your house you know there's only the people that you allow in your fucking house mm. same thing with your life it's not unlimited like everybody's in my life everybody goes in my door no and there's a restriction on that that's what makes your life great versus someone else's. You choose your friends and the people that you associate with, the girls that you want to date, the business that you want to work with. You put a restriction because if you did anything, maybe that's kind of why um, some guys are like beta or something. They have no restrictions on their life. They would date any single possible girl that would just actually date them. That's it. That's, that's their criteria on a girl. Whereas someone that has boundaries that have life, that have cool things, like they're not... Um, on the effect of life they had the effect right they don't take everything and that possibly comes in every opportunity they have okay no I'm not doing business with you like I mm-hmm. do my own thing I'm not doing you like you choose you pick and choose you, you do your own sacrifices so that life doesn't sacrifice for you type thing yeah no that's a good point damn dude yeah this is like a conversation <laughs> this is, I'll I like learn it. a lot yeah I didn't expect it to be this deep but yeah it's crazy like anything deep like, in life, my friend. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Like, I just, I just think sacrificing in life, like especially to get ahead where you want to be, is so important, man. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't move without sacrificing something. Can't grow. But like at the same time, though, you don't want to sacrifice anything, right? Like, there's certain things that I feel like you should be off limits. Like, let's say someone has, like, for example, someone has like a bunch of money, and like you're in a des- you're, you're in a dire situation. 
maybe you have to like sacrifice or like do something which you, sh- you don't really want to do that's really bad like to get the money and but like the, like you I don't that's the problem with life though is like you can be put in situations where you have to sacrifice what you don't want to sacrifice and like but you always can walk like that's the thing too like you always can, you don't have to you, you have, have to pick where you're willing to yeah. sacrifice yeah mm-hmm. like you have to pick what you're willing to sacrifice but you shouldn't be willing to sacrifice everything definitely because if you sacrifice mm-hmm. everything then you have nothing so it's almost like you sacrifice you're back at like the same point like you're not mm-hmm. picking anymore everything all the good stuff in life comes out of choice I think abundance like pick you get to pick your sacrifice you get to pick where you want to do your job what I think that's where power comes in life, just choice, right? Mm. And it's not having all the choice in the world, it's just having the choices that matter. You have to sacrifice with your choices as well. Um, it's like different trees of decisions like that go up and down and up and down in a circle. And one circle is the cycle of a good life, and one circle is the circle of a bad life. So, so what would you say, like, let's say, theoretically, let's say someone has a bad life. Like, how would... From like, because like I, I look at you as like someone who's like a positive psychologist. Mm. Like f- from that perspective, like how would you change that? Do they want to change that? Because uh, you there's deep you can go with that, but to keep it simple, I think some people want to have a bad life. They but, like it. But like, why would someone want a bad life though? It's comfortable. It's kind of nice. It's familiar. It's it's fear of the unknown. Like. If you know that you've gone through a bunch of shit and, you know, you can handle it, like, it's bad, but it's not that bad, who knows what all this other stuff is? Like, in theory, it's good, but mine is very scared of the unknown. Like, I've had the same thing, too. Like, it's kind of scary to, like, think of making, you know, like, 10 grand a month, like, 100 grand, like, mm-hmm. who knows? Like, maybe it's kind of more comfortable to just stay broke, you know? That's it's not, it's pretty bad, but it's not that bad, you know? I think that's how mm-hmm. people get stuck in there. Well, like, that, see, that's the thing that I realized, too, is, like, um, that's why I think it's important to be like financially motivated. Like it sounds, it sounds messed up to say, but like it actually is because, because like you won't know until you get, get started. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's the thing that I've really been thinking about is like, you won't know until you start. And then you, because that's the thing too, like, you know, I, I watch a lot of like YouTube channels and then they monetize their channel and then all of a sudden like all the fans are like, oh man, like why are you monetizing? Like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking about it, like, even on the podcast, like, doing ads with Audible. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it's actually, like, a good thing because, you know, you get, like, some type of... Like, you, you get something, and then you're able to create more. So, Dude, win-win, man. It's a How win-win, much, yeah. To really contribute in life, you need to be getting a lot back because otherwise your tank is empty. Like, to have the greatest relationship you have to get a lot out of that relationship you have to give a lot too but how can you mm. give if you have nothing once again how can you give if you have nothing to give if you receive nothing oh thanks yeah, I'm, I'm good right. how can you how can you have more um so yeah finances finances are very interesting actually because life doesn't have that many I was thinking about this today that many ranking system right because finances are kind of like a, a pretty much the ranking system that we base humans on you know mm. how much money do you have like because the rest is very hard to like objectively quantify well i look at it as like an energy source like mm. i look at like money as like en- energy and in, in a weird sense like it's like energy but it's like the energy of economics mm. so like because when you look at it like it's not really real like it doesn't like what is it like it's just like this piece of paper like it's just this 
thing the, on theoretical a, resources. Yeah, it's just a number on like a thing, but it actually is kind of like a energy that you needed to live. Like it's hard to live without it. You you probably can't live without it, but you're still using some type of like monetary energy, whether that be like bartering or like, you know, trading. I like that. Yeah, because money is just the ability to get resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've made a much more convenient system that you don't need to carry all your fucking possessions with you. There's somebody in, there's a bank account that tells you this is how much physical resources you can buy. Like, super convenient system. But it's, I feel like we can probably come up with more. Because for example, once again, like two people that have the same amount of money, what's really similar about those people? Maybe their social values, you know, maybe they're both, let's say two people have $20 million when they're 17. You can guess a lot from these people, actually. If they have $20 million when they're 17, you know, their parents are probably loaded. They probably come from, like, old, rich families. But if you dial it down, like, it doesn't ask anything about your happiness, you know? But happiness is not very easily quantifiable. I can't say, yo, I have 80 happiness meter today. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But what what if you could come up with that? Because I think that would be really useful. Because there's a lot of things in life we would want to measure apart from money. And right now... That's money's like, you you redo the fucking, um, you can calculate someone's fitness maybe, or like by their weight and like their body fat. But measuring things about a human being, like you want a lot of those, that's really useful. You have IQ for like intelligence, but then again, that's kind of flawed, you know? Mm. But how do you measure someone's knowledge? That's super interesting to me. If it was like a system for that, because how much do you know? How much do I know? How much does this guy know? The guy that's selling you courses, politicians, how much do they know? Mm-hmm. It's probably, hopefully, they have a shit ton more than us because if they're running the country, I would hope, I really want to come up with like some sort of system for that because mm-hmm. a lot of people give advice and are in positions of power that don't know very many things, right? Well, like, I think like, part of it is to get into those positions, let's say in terms of politics or in terms of like business-wise, like, I think you have to be, like Steve Jobs has this thing, he's like, you're a thinker and a doer. Mm-hmm. And like... They're not there by like no one. I don't think no one gets to a place by accident. Like they may not be like the smartest person, or, like say this, the best things, but like they have the knowledge. Like maybe it's some not, knowledge yeah. on a specific field, right? But like I was telling you earlier, I think the human the knowledge of humanity has skyrocketed in these past years, and we've not caught up yet. The internet has allowed a human being mm-hmm. to learn so fucking much. It's like a, it's never happened before in, in human history. This is like the invention of the, it's like written words, dude. Having the internet, like right now, in the next hour, you could learn from PhDs, the highest business leaders, the highest political leaders, philosophers, the best artists. You could listen to their podcasts, to their words. You could get their book. You could get their thoughts literally mm-hmm. sitting on your on your phone. Like, that's fucking insane, dude. Yeah, well, it's a transfer of information, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. been getting faster and faster and faster. Like, before the internet, you would have to read books. You know, there was no audiobooks. There was just, like, you would have to mail things out, you know? Yeah, but I don't think we're benefiting from that equally. Because everybody is equal access in theory, right? But we're not all learning at the same rate. Different people have different drives. So, like, for example, if you ask... 50 of your friends, I don't know if you know 50 people, but mm-hmm. their thoughts on dating, right? Their number one dating advice. Mm-hmm. Like, they would all have different ones. But which one do you listen to? You know? Like, you can study that. Of course, like, you know, I've studied dating and like stuff, like, personally, for like 10 years almost. Like, it's one of my subjects. But a lot of people have different opinions in that, like, that are valid 
of course, in a certain way, but they're not as research, right? Like, if if you're in a marriage for 15 years and it fails and you did a lot of stuff wrong, you, like, you have certain experience that I can't have. Impossible, mm-hmm. I've not been, right? But my, my sphere of knowledge is, it's not greater than, but it's it's different, right? It's, it's like the width of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we were now able to get that insight. I can read someone who's a marriage counselor for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. And then who actually has more knowledge, marriage experience now? Like, hard to tell. Um, so I think quantifying knowledge, we'll have to come up with a system with that because that's super interesting. And it's needed because I don't know if you believe that there's such thing as objective knowledge uh, or objective truth. So an objective truth is like a fundamental truth on all levels. Kind of. The way I would put it is that people really believe in subjectivity now. It's like, you know, who knows what's right and wrong? Like, there could be different ways. But if you believe that, you're kind of insane, actually, I believe. Because, for example, there's things we know to be objectively true. Mm. Like, in a marriage, it's probably not good to have fistfights with your partner. And it's not probably not good. It's not good. Like objectively it's not good if you punch your significant other your relationship is going to go to shit like you can't be like oh well it's subjective I like to beat up my girlfriend once in a while like no so there's things like that like obviously that's obvious but in all facets of life for example but I think we're finally getting to a point where we can actually prove these things and write them down and have like a list of things that we know for sure because I think for a lot of human existence we've had to guess things and we still have to get some things, but we have pretty definite proof. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, like when you say that through your self-development journey, like you've learned some things that pretty like, tr- like you know, like eating well, like like being fit, like reading books, it's objectively better than not doing it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like not an argument. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. be like, you know what, I just like to eat like shit and be depressed and my life is awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, like, yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm really curious is, like... How do you like, prove that? Like, how would someone prove that? It's, like, it's not even, like... To me, I don't need it to be proven. Like, it's there, like... You could have a scientific research that tracks people that meditates and eat better over the next 15 years, but, like... Who cares? Like, mm. what I'm very curious about is... What, what we can write down now. Because, like, you know, my knowledge, like... Your knowledge, like, all these people, like... It's... And if you take, you know, people like Jordan Peterson and, like, that I've really researched and know their shit, like, a lot of what is known, like, it's it's light years ahead than what's in school, like I was telling you. Mm-hmm. I have a project, maybe, like, make, like, a new type of schoolman, like, an online school or something, because, for example, like, stuff that's in... Imagine if you had a school, online school, whatever, if it's in person or not, like, that just taught you about, you know, business, like, like you said, self-esteem, like, good... What we talk about here is just mm-hmm. philosophies, like literally how to think. But you can actually teach yourself how to think. How fucking important is it to know how to think? I think most people, human beings don't actually know how to think. Yeah. It's not taught to you. Like anything else, you need to be taught how to think. That'd be pretty fucking important. How to fix your problems. How to actually make rational decisions that lead you to a better life. How to pick partners that are good for you. How to pick friends that are good for you. These are like mandatory things that I would, I would go as far as to say that nobody knows. Well, like I think it comes down to like if how to make good decisions like I think if, if you knew how to make the best decision like you would be you'd be in a, a great situation like every single mm-hmm. time you have to make a decision which is like thousands of times a day like probably millions like you just made the optimal decision all the time 
and it's funny because I think, like I said, we're, but like, we're, that we're starting to know, like, that's possible. Yeah, but I, I see the one part of that that I don't necessarily think is a good thing is I think part of the good in life isn't not necessarily being, like, this optimized, like, perfect creature or, like, mm-hmm. this machine. Like, I don't like the future of, like, the mach- perfect machine. Right. I like, like, people with flaws. I thought man. about that, too. I like that, but there's still... I think the best way to combat or the best argument against that is that there's there should be room for creativity and we're not all the same but Mm. to me there should be a base there's like the bare minimum that you should know to be like a functional human being and i think that bare minimum is like a lot bigger than you would think and i think turning it back to spiral dynamics that bare minimum if everybody knew it would bring us all to at least close to stage green and then all the other people's you know different personalities and quirks or different ideas and individuality would still shine through. We would have that base thing that we're not so retarded, like, and then people we could have, like, a much better society where people don't have, like... Maybe we just... Part of this bare minimum is getting rid of people, like, deep fucking trauma. Well, like, see that? Like, I, I, I see where, where you're coming from, but, like, I don't necessarily know if that would be better. Because like, I noticed, like, part of... So for me, like, with my personal experience, like, part of the reasons why let's say like if I connect with someone and I like know them well mm. and like I feel like I've gotten the strongest connections with people when like I know like I have some flaw for example they have some flaw and like we both know that and then we like trust each other and we respect each other mm. and then it like we like enjoy each other's company more because we know like they're not perfect I'm not perfect and then right. we can relate but on some level once again my argument to that is there, there needs to be some bare minimum of flaws that we can't have. For well, example, um, if I was a rapist, like, would, would, and, like, I believe in, like, stealing from people, and, mm-hmm. like, we couldn't be friends because, like, you would be scared that, well, maybe that would rape you, or, like, that would yeah, just steal well, stuff. There's that bare level of, like, conscious and, like, of course I'm exaggerating, but to me... No, but I think, like, naturally, like, the world, it's like, you know, with the universal principles, right? Like, if you have those type of flaws, like, naturally the world gives you feedback for example, like, if you were, let's say, like, a bad person and, like, super, super flawed, like, you were a murderer or something like that, like, the world has this feedback that, like, will, like, it's kind of like you will get something in return. Like, you'll mm. get locked up in jail. Like, you'll be separated from society. Like, these are the natural things in place that deal with the, with those people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you can just totally eliminate it. Like, and even if you, let's say, totally, sometimes I think, like, uh, I feel like it's weird because like I, I want a great society with like perfect people like but I don't know if that's a good thing man like if people like super perfect like think think about how creepy that is man if people are like but see I think you're thinking it too black and white because what I'm saying is how do you define perfect like it's not like every single trait is optimized it's more like we get traded the stuff like because I feel like I feel like the argument that could be made from what you're saying is that it's kind of a good thing that we have like murderers and thieves and that like it's kind of like adds diversity society i'm like no like what what if there was none of that in the diversity you know we're still individual people like if you take 100 people they're still like all different ways they like different things they pursue different things but none of them is a fucking guy that will you know beat your head in with a rock to like steal your wife or something like we've like removed that gene from the gene pool or something or remove the expression of that gene i think that's more easier accomplished well yeah, like yeah, of course. That like that would theoretically be a better world. Yeah, like I see. I know what you're saying. Like that would be a better world, a better mm-hmm. world. But at the same time, I just think that there's something still wrong with just re- removing. 
like people. I I I just think that like the world needs as as messed up as it is, it mm-hmm. it needs like this level of like diversity and like this level of all these like kind of chaos oh, okay, and like, so that makes it good in a sense. Like, it, that, but you think that it needs. All the levels then, because I'm saying it still needs some diversity, but there's some stuff that we don't need. Like we could do without. Well, like I would say, like in terms of spiral dynamics, let's say we're talking about spiral da- dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that it's better to have the entire spiral from like purple or like what's is it beige? I think it's purple. Or like, I think it goes from beige to like co- coral. Coral, yeah. So like I think it's important to have from beige to coral and like this, the perspective ratios of each sign. Like I think that's a that's a perfect world. But like, if you eliminate, let's say, everything I think below that, orange, that is that is the way of the world. It it's always moves up, right? But you can't really move down in the spiral. So well, eventually, like, everything will be the top stage. Well, technically, I I think it, people like people fluctuate, man. Like, as, I don't think everyone can remember that. Like, so we were talking about expanding and contracting, right? Mm. So like, let's say for someone's idea or like philosophy to expand into the world, that means that someone else has to contract. Like, if everything is just all expanded... Does it, does it actually contract, or is it contract by comparison? Uh, <laughs> right? Because if I like, get smarter, and you stay the exact same level of strength, the difference between us grows, so it's kind of like you're getting dumber, but not really, you stay at the same rate. So if my level expands, and you stay the same, or as if we... See, like, what I mean? Like, so, Oh, so I see what you're saying. So you're saying, like, the spiral evolves. So there could be... And eventually there'll be another level that's not coral. It'll be like, let's say... Me, me keeps going yeah. up, dude. If anything is impossible, up or down. But a spiral of conscience, I think, can only go up because we can't really regress that. Is it actually possible to regress in some aspects? But overall, is it really? Well, I think... Could we go back to stage red right now? I think we could, man. I think we could a lot. I think something like World War Two, like let's say, for example, the Holocaust, right? And that that war was insane. Like well, like so many sixty million people passed away during that. I think that. You know, you hope that doesn't want to happen. Of course, like hopefully that never happens again. But with trusting, like I think it it, it could happen again. Like right, like. I think it will never happen again. I think there will never be a World War Three. Really? Because I think World War One. See, I'm not a. But my theory, if you use spiral dynamics, is that World War One was maybe like. A stage blue world war in mm. that world war two was like a stage orange world war more like politics money but the more we go it's impossible for there to be a, st- a stage green world war it'll not be a war it'll be a disagreement there will be a mm. disagreement to that scale but it will not be a war people will fight with other than like bombs and like definitive violence so unless something crazy happens in the next like two years like i think we're in the there will never be another world war again like, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, well, like, maybe, like, I don't think the fighting... Like, We're fighting, too globalized, like, it makes no sense. Well, like, fighting can change forms, though. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily, like, with guns. Like, fighting can change. It could be in terms of, you know, like, on the internet but censorship the, or in terms of just that's true. information. So the conflict will be in different ways, but there will... Because it makes no sense. Technology will reach a point where you can't hate, like, Japanese people right now. Like, mm-hmm. you probably can go online on Reddit and talk to Japanese people. People behind that, you know, world wars happen because you don't, it's like, oh, the Japanese, they're fucking communists, they're alive with the Nazis, like, we gotta bomb mm-hmm. them. Pearl Harbor, we dropped an atomic bomb on fucking Japan, dude. An atomic bomb. 
Today, people will be like, that's fucking crazy, dude. I used to play WoW with, like, two kids from Japan. You just fucking bombed them, dude. Are you insane, dude? Yeah. Like, We're too connected, dude. Like, it would make no sense, like, for... for it's impossible, I think. Actually, yeah, well, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, it's it's a lot more unlikely. Like, people I, are, uh, are yeah. too connected, yeah. It's, it's different now. It's different. But I think, like... Actually, yeah. No, I, I do I do see where you're coming from now. Like, I do agree with less, that. Because, you know, in in World War One and Two, it was very... Blue. It was very nationalistic, right? It was your people, your country, your Canadian, right? But now people are like, okay, Canadians are gonna go to war against like France and the U.S. And I'm like, are you really loyal to your country or just loyal to like, I don't know what you want to call it, yourself or just the people in general? You're like, what the fuck? I'm not. It's not because Trudeau tells me that I gotta go kill like people in Malaysia. That I'm gonna go do it, dude. Like, mm. they're chill. Like, we we know that we're not that. And I think that just really came from the con level consciousness because blue. Blue level state is a very like ethnocentric, right? Your state, your people, your country against the world. Mm-hmm. So I think. But think about this though, Kyle. What when what, like let's say something bad happens, right? And society breaks down. Like so, mm-hmm. there's a there's a regression of the spiral. Like let's say something like there's a huge, like nuclear disaster, mm-hmm. and then by that like something happens and it's chaos, and then all of a sudden people like, like I, I think happen. i think that could happen right i think like nothing in the future is ever impossible like there's bad things can happen you hope they don't but like there could be regressions can they really well think well if, if a huge nuclear disaster happened by accident and then consciousness got re- regressed and then we're just in the same i have a theory okay <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's a bit out there or let's say the internet shut like what would you do if the internet somehow shut down tomorrow that would regress consciousness. There would be a huge disruption. I bet you there'd be like fights, wars, like. If you believe in anything, stops people can't get money. The only problem with your theory that for that is you have to believe that life is completely random for that to be the case. If you believe in some sort of plan or whatever, then I will argue that these things are impossible. Well, like, no, It'll like, never happen. No, like, no, like I, I'm like I'm not saying like I don't I don't believe in some like a plan a world plan, but I just. I think life is like unpredict, like it's a little bit unpredictable, and there's. I think it's a little bit, but it's all planned out already, man. I don't know if it is planned out, man. Like, do you think it hurts? Yeah, it's. If you believe in non-duality and what Leo talks about, he believes that mm-hmm. there's nothing random in life, not even wait, one thing. Wait, so like, what is non-duality? Non-duality is basically enlightenment man it's like when you see how everything is just one but the implications of that are way too deep for anybody to basically because it's funny because do you believe in coincidences um yes and no see like i would I would argue that you have to make up your mind on that. Well, yeah, you kind just, of, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, you can't believe that life is fully random and then have things that makes tell you that like some stuff is meant to be like that. You, mm-hmm. If you boil it down and you actually analyze your beliefs, you have to believe that everything happens a reason. And if that's the case, then well, it's, like, it's radically different from the, the random theory. The random theory and fate and like all this... There's no connection between the two. It's actually completely like one or the. This is actually binary. Well, I, I believe in like let's say in terms of coincidences, right? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what is most serving 
self-serving to you. So for example, let's say you're in a position, you know, you win the lottery, you could say like, oh, this is a coincidence, you know, capitalize on it or whatever. And then like, it's very self-serving to you. Mm-hmm. But let's say like something else happens to you and like you're very unlucky and it's not a coincidence. Like you could go with the no option too, right? You could just, like, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think, maybe I don't believe in coincidences then. I just believe that the coincidence is how you frame it afterwards. And then based on what that decision, it like, it actually becomes a coincidence if that makes sense so what's the better way to explain this so let's say like you go outside and oh yeah let's say you go outside and you meet like you're walking down the sidewalk and like you meet like the girl of your dreams or whatever right you could frame that as like you could talk to her and then after that you could frame it as a coincidence and then because you framed it as as a coincidence the next time you talk to her or whatever you're you have like this. But deep down, was it meant to be or was it not meant to be? Well, let's. Was it completely random or was no, it like, meant to be? I don't think. I think it was random, but at the same time, though, think about if you were walking in the street mm-hmm. and you like got mugged or something, and then you framed it as like no, like you you didn't you didn't like what happened to you, and you're like this was not a coincidence. Then after that, you know that like these people like wanted to harm you, and you were like. Like, it's not by accident. Like, you want to... If you believe in that theory, then there are... Everything is a coincidence, because everything is random. But you can just think of yourself as, oh, you know, this would have a cool meaning if it was that thing. But it's 100% random. No, like, I don't think... I think everything, every single decision matters. Like, every single... It's like, nothing is a coincidence, but every single decision you make gets compounded and kind of, like, makes the next decision, like... uh, it kind of determines your next decision. So in, in, mm-hmm. in the sense, and how you view your, like, your past decisions, as whether it was a coincidence or wherever, it determines like how you're going to view your next decision. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, like so it's you, all you make decisions in life based on what you decided previously and what happened previously. Mm-hmm. It's all related. But it's still random. But technically it isn't, because if it was, because I don't think it's purely random, right? So let's No, say, but it's random, but it's, it's predicated on what happened in the past, but, but what happened in the past was random. Yeah, but what happens in the past actually dictates the future. Right, but you know it's, I mean? still, so, it's still happened for no particular reason, but now you, you have this action that is affected by the past, but it's still random because the original action was random. So you still believe in, in the completely random theory. Nothing's meant to be, but stuff just affects each other. Uh, <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> well, like, I, yeah, I guess so. Like, that's, yeah. So I'm not sure, man, because that's very radical. That means that... Uh, then you, f- if you believe in that, you for sure can't believe in any sort of destiny or, like, fate or, like, meant well, like, to be or... I would say I believe, I believe in that, like, too. Like, I think that plays a role, too. You know what I mean? Also, because like, if, if you explain that, I don't think you can make an argument for both at the same time. Well... Uh, but so 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 one side is life is all random, mm-hmm. and then the other side is like life is destined and planned out. But why can't it be a bit of both? Because it would make no sense. Because if it's planned out, then all random things, sure they're random, mm-hmm. but it's just to you they appear random. They're actually planned out. Like your your story is already written. Basically, to you it's a new story, but you have no idea what's going to happen. So you kind of feel like you have free will. It comes down to free will once again. How the fuck do you know? Wait, so like, so this con- so this is about free will. Like, like do, you, about, do you 
it, well, it's about both, really, if you boil it down. Because if everything is random, then you have free will. If, if it's not random, then you don't have free will. <laughs> this is getting too deep. <laughs> because, okay, and, uh, <laughs> what does free will mean, right? It just means having control over your life, right? Mm -hmm. But does that just... If your life was already planned out, but you didn't know anything about it, you could still do anything but and feel like you're doing it, but, you know, God or the universe or whatever, fate, like, synchronicity, already knows exactly, it's, your story's already done, but you don't know it, you're just living it. Mm -hmm. So, you have zero free will, but it feels like 100% free will. So, which one is true? I'm not sure. I, well, still I, don't, I, I don't still know. know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't because you could you could still f live the exact same way if both things were true. Because you could have 100% free will do whatever you want, or you could have zero free will. But mm -hmm. to your perception, it's still the same. But it would still have different implications. But theoretically, it doesn't change your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty deep. <laughs> that's like, were, were we meant to have this podcast today? Or, or did you choose to, to happen? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this... This podcast happening, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's a good place to end it. Like that's, that's a little, I think that's good, man. Because yeah. I well, still don't know. Also, well, I have like no my, theory on this. My dude. head hurts now. I think <laughs> <laughs> like reach maximum capacity. <laughs> I like it. All, All right. right. Well, thanks for the talk, man. It was good yeah, time. Where is Kyle? I, I like love talking to you, man. Like you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like. The, it's always like really deep and it's a good time. Sweet, sweet. But yeah. How long was it?